And welcome again to 11Zs. My name is Buzz. I've been on this show before, and I'm excited to host for the very first time a walkthrough of the brand new box, A Shadow in the East, from the quest point of view. You know, there's a lot of content out there about player cards and deck building, and I love that stuff. Keep it coming. And there's not as much about quests. And so Will asked me if I wouldn't mind giving an overview of my experience in the Shadows of the East box. So I want to break down each of the three quests. I'm going to look at their overall difficulty. I'm going to look at some quests that they feel similar to. I'm going to look at a cool mechanic in each of the quests. And then I'm going to look at one of my favorite encounter cards from each of the quests. Then at the end, I'll give you a rating of if I feel like I will be playing it again in the future or not. So obviously difficulty and feel and mechanics and uniqueness is all somewhat subjective. So these are just my opinions and not wills and I'm responsible for any horrible things which may arise. So let's get to the box. Uh, I love the theme. I love the continuation of the storyline. I love that we're going further east into Mordor, into Dorwinian, into Rune, areas that I don't know a lot about, areas that you kind of see the, you know, the evil guys pouring forward from the east. I just feel like it's fun to get in there and explore a storyline about the battle of good and evil. Uh, even in a home, even in, a, in, a, in an individual's heart. I think that's going to be a fun area for this game to explore. Uh, so anyway, the river running is the first quest. And I love how the storyline picks up and you're kind of successful and crawling up over a riverbank and you get assaulted and there's just tons of enemies. Right, and so it's important to note that I play almost exclusively true solo, one-handed, and so I don't get the floods of enemies that I've heard about uh, some of the four-player quests having. But uh, still, definitely an enemy-heavy quest. You've got that surging uh, little guy. You've got uh, set up with enemies. You've got the encounter card effect that's always in the staging area, bringing you new enemies over and over. Treacheries that add enemies faster. So it's an enemy-heavy quest, and so in that. In that sense that you're kind of racing against time, the uh, locations bring more enemies. That feels to me a lot like uruk from the Saga Quests. Um, obviously, the enemy types are different, the story's different, but how you have to kind of race and fight enemies and that the locations just make it harder, uh, it feels a lot like uruk It also feels to me a lot like the Forts of Aizen from the Voice of Isengard box. Um, actually, a lot in terms of its difficulty and in terms of the number of enemies that it spams at you. Um, obviously Aizen hits your hand size this one is quite a bit more straightforward Um, and in that way it reminds me a lot of the Escape from Umbar which actually I would peg this one as about as difficult as Escape from Umbar Uh, and so I give it on my scale a 4 out of 10 this kind of discounts the earlier quests which are super easy and just kind of thinks about in terms of the modern quest set which is really kind of like Ringmaker forward this is uh, like right on the easier side of average it's not a cakewalk. You could definitely lose, but in true solo, I expect to win a good amount of the time. One of the mechanics I really love in this is the Easterling enemies and their attachments. This, I feel like, uh, given how they're laced through the encounter sets, uh, 
is something that we'll be seeing again in the in the adventure packs going forward. But I really like how the enemies themselves are not so bad. And then you get a treachery which surges and it makes them worse. <laughs> you get another treachery that surges and it makes them worse. Like I love decks that power up heroes and have a little bit of a Voltron feel to them. And it was really fun to have a quest where the enemies did that to us. So they start off kind of wimpy and then get stronger and stronger, especially if you don't deal with them. And so that's uh, why my favorite unique card, uh, which isn't necessarily meaning my favorite card, which has a uniqueness component, but rather my favorite card from the set that I felt like was unique and flavorful and best encapsulated this quest is the Easterling Captain. Um, his effect is if you deal him damage, instead of dealing him damage, you just knock off his attachments. And so he is one of these that's harder to kill and just really takes advantage of that uh, attachment treachery mechanic quite a lot. Uh, it's reminiscent a bit of Shelob and Shelob's Lair, where you have to get the resources off before you can deal damage. But it's much less annoying and feels a lot more fair than Shelob does, although she's, of course, the big boss. Where this, this is just an encounter card. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of more like Southrun Champion in a way, but again, it just doesn't feel quite as devastating, quite a bit more fair, less swingy, uh, but still a fun and tough enemy when you deal him out. Will I reach for River Running having played through it? I think I will. It's a fun quest, and in the same way that Escape from Umbar kind of sits right on the average difficulty, I think it'll be a deck tester and uh, fun to get into over and over. So I like this quest a lot. I'll reach for it. All right, quest number two, Danger in Dorwinian. I like this one because the you kind of zoom in on the storyline, going house to house, and you're kind of helping a, a particular townsperson, and so the scope goes from the epic feel that this game can bring right down to the individual person. I like that a lot. Um, in that way, it feels a lot like the steward's fear that you're journeying alongside your heroes through a city. In fact, it kind of felt like the designer really liked steward's fear and thought, let's make it better. And that's almost exactly what Danger and Dorwinian feels like. I'm hardly the first to notice this, but it's a it's a rescan of Steward Sphere, and it's better. And I like it a lot better. And I like Steward Sphere a lot. Uh, it also kind of was reminiscent in a way, I felt like, of Dungeons of Kirith Garat that um, kind of have that same narrative scope. And then there's that stage two kind of lull as you're kind of collecting the uh, objectives that you need to collect, whether that's in danger in Dorwinian by exploring locations or in dungeons by not engaging enemies and so on. Just kind of that collect and build sort of phase. That's what makes it feel like dungeons to me. Although, of course, the separate capture mechanics are quite different and so on and so forth. Danger Although it does feel a lot like Steward Sphere, and though it does have a lot of pacing similar to Dungeons in my view, it does a good job of feeling pretty unique on its own. Like It feels fun and like also not a strict replacement for either quest. I'd give it about a 6 out of 10 difficulty on my scale, being just right on the hard side of average. I feel kind of like the Ringo South is a good uh, comparable. I'll expect to beat it pretty much every time I sit down to play with a good deck, uh, but you can lose if the encounter deck combos on you. And there's a couple cards coming up here that we're talking about that can really get you if things go right. And so in the in the cool mechanic kind of pile, I really like the plots and villains. And again, this is ripped straight out of Steward Sphere, um, but they work well and they're fun and give you some of the replayability. 
I think replayability in terms of singular boss is a little bit overblown. Like I'd rather have a fun to play strict encounter deck rather than like play through a boring quest and then see which villain I get at the end, which is I feel like a little bit more Stuart Fear's problem. I like Danger Dorwinian's phase leading up to the villain quite a bit better. Um, I don't want to go through all of the plots and villains, but I really liked the Numenorian. The idea to leave the shadow cards on them so you have to face them over and over was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. Uh, probably my favorite card in this, though, is the what I call the knife in the back. Again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Memorial Award winner, you know it, Secret Cultist. This is the one that steals your ally and makes it battle against you. Just a hilarious card that can turn games around. Um, I also like the card Evidence of the Cult, a really cool use of a guarded card to help uh, smooth out some of the variants inherent in the quest. I like that card a lot. And will I reach for this? Uh, yeah, I've actually been playing it a lot. And so I enjoy it. I think you will as well. Let's get to the Temple of Doom here in our last two and a half minutes. And uh, This one's it's pretty hard. It's a pretty hard quest. I think to me it feels a lot like Mount Gundabad. Because uh, Temple of Doom, you're kind of walking through five randomly shaped um, quest cards, and bad stuff is continually having to, happening to you as you flip them over and go through the location. So Gundabad is actually, I was pretty proud of this, pretty spot on. also want to say it sort of feels like Karn Doom without the just brutal difficulty, and that it's a boss fight, and there's a boss in the staging area, and he can attack you from the staging area. Uh, Deadman's Dyke is probably more on the par with the difficulty level, although Temple of Doom is probably harder than Deadman's Dyke. Uh, and it's kind of like Journey in the Dark also. I really like the thematic locations in Journey in the Dark. Um, and Temple of Doom is, is filled with them. I think I like locations more than the average player in terms of their flavor and what they bring to a, a quest, so I like Temple of Doom quite a bit. I'd give this like an 8 out of 10, like definitely on the hard side of average without being like a stunningly difficult like boss level win. I would put Fire in the Night as a comparable difficulty. Like I'll expect to win Temple of the Doom a lot. I'll also expect to lose it a lot, but I don't feel like I need to tech my deck like you do for Karn Doom to have a chance. Full mechanics in this quest are are many. I like the Mordor deck a lot. I think we'll see this again. Just uh, kind of my intuition about the coming adventure packs and the way that these cards lay out. Uh, and the random quest card. We've seen that a lot in the Arid Mithrin cycle, and so I don't want to say it's overdone, but I, I did like it. And so I was glad to see it return. Maybe I wanted a little more uniqueness. I actually couldn't put my finger on what made Temple of Doom stand out, um, other than being just a solid, hard, consistent quest. The unique cards I, I found in here are actually locations. I really like the Crumbling Passage. Uh, this is the one that you have to travel to it, and then it deals damage to your questing characters. It was kind of like a, a good, fair way of doing some of those ridiculous Kazid Doom locations, if you remember those, as well as the honorary like deal when damaged exhausted characters when revealed, but in a fresh way that kind of felt fun. I also like the Hall of Horrors. It's kind of a scaling-type treachery um, in location form. That's a fun card. So you'll see. This will make you discard exactly what you need at the wrong time. I like the card Fanaticism as well. This was an Easterling treachery that's not a kind of those cavalry types, uh, letting us know that like this Voltroning up effect is going to happen on enemies of all stripes, not just cavalrymen. Easterlings are everywhere. Will I reach for this quest in the future? Uh, maybe. It's fun. I liked it. It's a good challenge, but like I said, it didn't really pop out as 
as fun or as fresh or as unique or as replayable as the other two. I think it's the weakest in the box in terms of fun factor, but it's still really, really good. When you look at some of the duds like into Fangorn that are in some of these boxes, this is certainly not that. I'll definitely play all three of these quests again happily. Uh, thanks for listening to my quick 11-minute overview on these quests, and I hope you have as much fun with them as I did. We'll see you soon. Thank you.